we're going to jump right into it. Because I see we're not ready. <laughs> I see we're not ready. I see we're not ready for the engrafted word that's able to save our soul. That's able to snatch us out of darkness. To able to snatch us out of our mental mindset. To where we're confused and we're hurt and we're broken. I see that we don't understand. That why you should be glad. See, guess what? The mask that we're wearing is not restricting. It's not prohibiting you from being glad. Oh, it's not about your scream. It's not about your shout. It's about your heart being glad. See, we got a lot of saints that you're not glad. But I'm going to help you today. I'm going to help you as to why you've been saved for some of us five, ten plus years and you're still not glad. You're still not rejoicing when they say, oh, it's time to, look, it's time. It's our appointed time to come into the house of God. You're not glad because you are your own God. You're not glad because you're in your feelings. You're not glad because, oh, see, that's not the message. But I'm going to help you today. So before we, I attempt to enter into a spiritual dialogue with Holy Spirit today. Let's briefly evaluate if we, the body of Christ, have the ability to digest the Messiah and encapsulate the knowledge of who he is. Let's evaluate. Can you digest the Messiah? Can you feed upon him. Oh my God. We're going to do a debriefing. And I realize through the five plus years you've been saved why there's no consistent genuine continual change. Because you stop feeding. You stop feeding from the time you did Romans 10 9, salvation. You stop feeding. You stop eating the Messiah. Let's debrief because it's going to help prepare us to spiritually feed. There's been many messages been taught to you for those who are part of Walker Ministry. Many messages you've heard that should have prepared you for adversity. Should have prepared you when the enemy showed up in your house. In your house. You've had enough word to have you on guard. Have you fully alert, ready to respond appropriately to every situation. Pastor, I realize why we keep being snared as a body of Christ. Why in our marriages we keep being snared by the enemy? Why in our conversation, our relationship, we keep being snared? See, it's not a fall. It's you being snared by the enemy. He's been studying you. And you refuse to feed on the Messiah. Oh, Jesus. 
realize, Pastor, before every teaching, there needs to be a debriefing to prepare you to feed. <laughs> because you forget. See, if you stop feeding the baby, they forget how to suck. <laughs> oh, they forget how to nurse on the food. They're nurtured. You stop feeding. You with your anointed, praying, interceding self. With your leading self, you stop feeding. But you can't see it. But don't help us today. But I have to debrief you first. First area I will debrief you on is the authority of the word. Oh, my Lord. Stay with me today. Stay with me. See, so when you hear the word, first of all, the word has no, look, authority over you. You still do what you want to do. When you feel like it and how you feel determines how you respond to God in men. Matthew 5, 17 through 19 Let's just do Thessalonians 12, 13 to save time. For this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, pastor and teacher, you, some of you, accepted it not as the word of mere men, but for what it really is, the word of God. See, you still see pastor and I as mere men. So the word of God has no authority over you. Oh, see, oh, my Lord Jesus, I'm just going to take my time. Is it? But for what the word really is, the word of God which also performs its work in you who believe. It performs its work only in those who believe and accept it as, look, the Messiah, the Word. Oh, the Word even says it's easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one stroke of the letter of the law to fail. It's easier, evangelists, for heaven and earth to pass away than for one stroke huh, of the letter of the word to fail. So guess what? You're not falling. I, I fail. I got to get back up. No, you were caught in a snare by the enemy. Because look, the word of God has no authority in your life. What? Because look, we're puffed up. You can't tell me I'm not. Reading the word. You can't tell me I'm not studying. You can't tell me I'm not praying. I'm praying effectively, you say. But if that was the case, the, the word of God, it has authority over you, which means the man and woman of God has authority. There's an order that even, see, this is why. God put in his law, his instructions, his teachings, the order. Children, obey your parents. Because, look, there's an order. And in that order, there is a type of status and respect and honor. I come to you, God, but I got to come humble. 
I come to you, pastor and teacher, but I have to come humble. I come to you, parent, but I have to come humble. There is a certain approach. Oh, you just can't approach God or the man of God, the woman of God, any old kind of way. It has to be in honor and revere and respect. See, but this is what happened to us even in our, our homes. We allow our children, because you're doing it yourself as an adult, to talk to you in any kind of way. Again, you've attitude, don't you? Because guess what? You're getting somebody else's attitude. But I'm going to leave that alone because it's not my, my teacher. This is just a, a debriefing. That, that, that's the part of authority. And then knowledge. Tell you a little bit something about knowledge real quick. First of all, and oh, my Lord, it's just so much. Knowledge, obviously, is ideas and thoughts and concepts and facts. But in the case that we're talking about knowledge, knowledge is a intimate, a very intimate experience with someone of what you have. Look, what you have knowledge of and what you know of them. This caused you to be intimate with them because of your knowledge and experience with them. This is the same thing with the word of God. And this is why he said, my people perish because the lack of knowledge, the lack of not knowing me, you die. The lack of not knowing me, look, you get offended. Oh, come on. The lack of not knowing me, you become rebellious. Oh, come on. Talk to me in the house of God. Talk to me in the house of God. Because you have no knowledge of me. No intimacy. Cause you to dysfunction when you're in a relationship with me. Oh, my God. Pastor. Because you don't know me. You have no, look, you have no real experience with me. God said, you, you perish because you, you don't know me. Look you, look, you have passed down information through the traditions of man, but you don't know me. Oh, my God. Look, you don't know how I live and thrive and move. Oh, come on. See, this is how we all screw up with each other. You don't know how the person live. Well, when I say live, they're being, their inner man, who they really are. The hidden man of the heart, Pastor. So knowledge is an awareness. See, you don't have this awareness of God. This is why you weren't glad when you came in the house of God. It's an awareness that he's with you. It's an awareness of the weightiness of his anointing that's on you. It's awareness of the goodness of God, the mercies of God. It's the awareness of the relationship. Oh, my God. Oh, let's talk about now real quick understanding. Because this was messing us up. Knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. This is a debriefing. Understanding is the ability to understand one's knowledge. Look, first of all, you have to have the ability to understand your own knowledge and your choices. It is, the, it is the reality of your decision, your knowledge. I mean, excuse me, your understanding. Is there, it is the reality of your decision, your understanding. Catch this here. Knowledge and wisdom put together goes in action. It is knowledge and wisdom that put everything into action. We develop our understanding when we practice what we proclaim. 
you develop your understanding by practicing what you proclaim. You proclaim to be a Christian, evidence. It's what you proclaim. It shows, your understanding shows in what you are proclaiming. So if you say you're walking in love, <laughs> see, but I don't see, your understanding is not there. Because it's what you proclaim is what you practice. That shows your understanding. <clears throat> I got water. Open it for me, love. See, for me, I, with TV and all that other stuff, I don't, that's not an interruption for me. If I had to squat down and buckle my shoe, then I'm going to do it. I don't care. We got the camera rolling. Just don't be distracted. Don't let that be a distraction or a snare that you can't receive the word. Because I'm clearing my throat. I got something in it. I need to get it out. Okay. I, see, you got to live life and be free from people. I am free from you. I don't care what you think. My thing is what I do care about is that of your salvation. Beyond that, look, it's trivia. What I do, how I do it, you think it's funny, not funny? Go ahead. Go ahead and do what you want with it. Because I'm, I am free and who I am. And that's in Christ Jesus. So, look, okay. So, I don't want you to ever get it. Look, don't ever get it twisted. That while I'm teaching, that anything I do, that it's going to look, oh, you, oh they're going to be bothered if I do that. If you bother, it means that you definitely wasn't paying attention. Okay? I'm going to need you to grasp a hold of that word more than me clearing my throat. All right, now, we own wisdom. That is simply to discern. That is the quality of having good judgment based on knowledge. Wisdom is simply to discern. It's the quality of having good judgment based on knowledge. It's your choice to use or apply that power, which is knowledge. Look, so what we don't do is choose. We don't get to the place of wisdom. We don't choose to utilize our knowledge, which is power. We don't choose to do what the word of God says. We don't choose to love. We don't choose to forgive. We, we don't choose to walk in wisdom. We don't choose. I'm going to just briefly talk to you about Hosea. I'm still not into, and the, the title of the message is, How Do You Survive Adversity? How do you survive adversity? How do you? How do you stay alive? How do you stay alive and fighting? How do you stay alive and fighting? Fighting is Enduring, standing in your faith, unmovable, steadfast. That's the fighting. It's not even in prayer. It's standing, look, confirming your kingdom covenant is to believe. That's part of your covenant. Is to be confirmed, convinced. And what you believe, that's how you fight. Stay alive. How do you stay alive? And keep fighting. The prophet Hosea. 
basically it's chapter 4, verse 2 through 6. And I want to probably quickly go through this because I know we're wearing masks. So I want to be very uh, conscious of our time. The prophet Hosea. First of all, Israel. Israel is stubborn people. And I began to think about the ministry. I said, Lord God, it's, it seems like it's every four or six months that our beloved children act the fool. Hear me. Look, the word of God why is the word of God preached? Because it supports, look, what happened in the biblical days are happening today. You should be so prepared not to be caught in snares because what has been preached. The prophet. What was happening in those days was that there was no truth in the land. The spiritual leaders, pastor, the spiritual leaders was pointing fingers, accusing each other. The, the prophets themselves were false. They were doing false teaching. And false prophecy because, look, because of what they wanted to comfort and how they wanted to comfort the people, God. So they stopped preaching, look, the truth of the true and living God. And so guess what? There was no one that could hold anyone accountable. Pastor said they had contract killings. Hear me. To be in a position where no one was able to keep anyone accountable. Because there was exactly chaos. Because there was no true teaching of Christ. The word of God says, uh, I have a lawsuit against Israel and Judah. Oh, my God. First of all, before we really get there, when God says something, his word, it's the highest authority. So when the man and woman of God says his word, it's the highest authority. So Hosea 4, 2, he said, the word of the Lord, he said, listen. First, he was speaking to people. He said, listen. Listen is a command. And the word of God is compared to a military order. But they didn't listen. So when you disobey God, let me tell you about sin real quick. Three areas from sin that you can engage in. Accidental sin. Intentional sin. And sin against your own body. So. What happens when there's an intentional sin? What happened in the word of God when they intentionally sin or tell God no? I need, I need you to hear me for, for you to tell your pastor, your teacher no, to refuse to do what is requested of you. Do you know what? 
happened in the biblical days? You were stoned, then they burned you, and then they stoned and burned the children. See, but that's how serious it is because, look, again, we have no, we have no reverence to the authority of the word of God. Look, and the penalty when we don't obey. Because guess what? Because you're not in tune to the third dimension or the second dimension. You're not in tune to the heavenlies. Because if you were, you will understand what darkness that you would enter into and what you would initiate. When you say no, that's direct spirit of rebellion. Then you put yourself under the spirit of witchcraft. See, but we can't see that because guess what? You don't understand the spiritual realm. You don't understand darkness and how it moves. You don't know what it smells like and you don't know what it looks like. Because you have not entered into or out of time into the eternal. You don't know what it feels like to feel the enemy. You, and that's dangerous. You don't know what it feels like to feel and sense the adversary. You don't know what it looks like because he don't come screaming and mad at you. He show up and you don't know he is in the room. He speak between his words. Oh, oh, because he has a double tongue. He has a double tongue. He speak between your words. And that's why you can't hear him. The enemy, his tongue... It's a double tongue. There was a great apostasy. This church speaks about that. We taught on that. We taught on division. We taught on deception. We prepared you. We have prepared you for darkness. We prepared you. We prepared you on deception. We said that there will be a day that be careful, even you, just like Peter. Who do you think you are? Do you think you're better than Peter that denied Christ? That you wouldn't deny us. But God said, and we have said, Pastor, and I have said, I've already prayed for you. Because look, there's going to be a day. But that day is necessary, but you should be prepared. It's necessary for your growth. Kingdom covenant, what they did there was they, they violated their covenant. And when you do that, God has to bring a lawsuit against you. So when you say no to God or the man of God or the woman of God, you have violated your kingdom covenant. And now God has to bring a lawsuit against you. And he does not change. God has given a solemn warning to all who are lying claim, I know God. Or I know Jesus. You will do well to apply what we says is the foundation of this ministry. 2 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13. You do well for the love chapter. You do well to know that this test will always show up. And that we apply it. See? Hosea had a very critical point here. The way we think is vital to the way we live. 
The way we think is vital to the way we live. If we fail to center our minds on the Lord, how can we ever hope to love and follow him as we should? How can you say you love me, who you see every day, and Christ you haven't seen, and say that you love him? The word says you're a liar. That's what the word says. Okay. Before we feed on today's word, because that was the briefing. <laughs> Let's identify how we should be eating and drinking spiritual food. Remember, in the word of God, is the spirit and the spirit gives life remember this is the key remember <laughs> this is the key remember this is the key ponder on recant when you hear the word of God in the word is the spirit and in the spirit of the word it gives life it gives life to the word that you're hearing. See, but when I said I was glad, when they said unto me, come into the house of the Lord, I realized oh, every believer wasn't glad. You know why? Because the word of God is simply a letter to you. And it's not the spirit in the word that gives life to the word. Oh, you have to experience the life of the word. Okay. All right. So for, Holy, for, so for Holy Spirit to become the food and, and to fill our inner hunger. See, you have to and live inside of us. And the only way that happens, look, Pastor, and to be touched by the spirit in the word of God. See, we need to be touched by the spirit that's in the word. <laughs> in order for that to happen, look, we are to practice, Pastor, unceasingly. This is why Paul said, I, I pray most in the Holy Spirit. Because guess what? Speaking in the Holy Spirit exercises the spirit to, for my spirit to be in touch with his spirit, which is in the word. We can't be, we can't be exercised. And so what are we saying if we're saying that we've been speaking in our heavenly language? And we've been doing contrary to what the word of God says. What have we been speaking? It would have to be strange fire. Because the word of God says it make you alive inside of his word. Not the words that you speak. Because Jesus said, I don't come on my own behalf. I come on behalf of the Father. And the words that I speak, they don't initiate from me. Oh, see. So when you speak, the words shouldn't be of your flesh. It should be initiated from the Father. Oh. But we always want to get out how we feel. He said, I don't come to speak on my own. When I speak, I only speak what the Father has sent me to speak and say. My words do not initiate. They don't begin with me. The thing about it is that are you really ready to be saved? Because this is a narrow path. It's a narrow path. It's a narrow path. So now let's focus on today's teaching. How do you survive adversity? You survive it through encounters with God. Encounters or an encounter is considered to be unexpected meat. 
It's unexpected. I meet God unexpected. I can't look. I'm not looking for it, but I'm waiting on it. And when I wait, I'm waiting in prayer. I wait in prayer for my encounter, but I don't look for it. I prepare for it. Oh, Jesus! I prepare for my encounter. I need an encounter, Minister Die, to survive. I need it so I can continue to fight. So I can stand in my faith and not be moved. I need a continuous encounter. What has happened is you stop having encounters. An encounter leads us to a radical change of intimacy with God and an impact that your life is never the same again. Moses stumbled upon a burning bush. And when he did that, the result, he partnered with God to deliver the, the Israelite from slavery. Moses stumbled upon a burning bush. Oh! See, unexpected encounter. You caught that, Frida. The result was he, he partnered with God to deliver the Israelite from slavery. Moses did this in Exodus 3, verse 3. See, you got the, with encounters, you, you turn to see. And touch, then you hold on to God. <laughs> Y'all won't ready. <laughs> you, oh my Lord. Oh my God. You you look look. You don't expect it. You don't expect this encounter. But when it happens, <clears throat> you turn to see. Then you touch. <laughs> then you hold on to God. You got to say it like that. Then you hold on to God. <laughs> See, and when Moses saw the burning bush, he said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush is not burnt? And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Moses turned around to meet God. Until when he turned and then he listened. See, but then he had to listen. Mean that then he had to obey. And that was when he heard the calling of God. Stay with me. Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, but then he had another encounter. Because his result of being filled with the Holy Spirit, that he... He saw 3,000 people saved, and then he helped found the church. We're talking about Peter here. This is why you have to have an encounter. Like I said, once you have an encounter, you need another. And the reason you need another is because the encounter, it renews your mind. It renews our minds by his presence. Encounters also initiate process. See, this is what you don't realize, that when you're in something, that this is a process. And you're fighting against it. Don't get in your feelings here. It's a process. God's trying to take you somewhere. Don't get in your... He is trying to take... He's trying to make intake. Okay? He's trying to make intake you somewhere. You're in a process. My God. And we're going to discuss later Job, his encounter. The encounter doesn't guarantee obedience. You have to choose still to obey. You have to make an intentional decision to obey God with what he's told you to do. I'm just going to go real quick about the, what happens, why it's significant or the outcome of um, encounters. It cultivates the mind of God. 
It renews the fear of God. Oh, my Lord. So you can reverence and honor and respect him continually. It navigates the believer to his purpose. It brings the believer to the end of himself. Oh, come on. This is the thing you want to come to the end of yourself. It humiliates. It brings humiliation. And also with that, it brings you to the heart of God. It brings a believer to the end of himself. And a lot of times with people, we feel that, oh, if I do this, or, or they make me feel this, I feel humiliated, or they don't treat me this, they don't recognize me this, I feel this. Look, I feel, I feel. But humiliation <coughs> brings you to the place, a soft heart. Humiliation brings you to a soft heart of God. Lastly, it assigns the believers to their ministry. You want an encounter. You waiting on what I'm supposed to do. I'm not sure. I, I don't, I'm not bold enough. I'm not sure. He said the incident, situation. It brings you to your ministry. See, but you try to get to your ministry the way that you want to go. Your encounters assigns your ministry. I am a receiving recipient. Man of God, let's go quickly to uh, Job. Because uh, about 15 minutes, I'm going to do an hour with you guys. Job 42, verse 1 through 6. Job chapter 42 at verse 1. I'm going to read in the Amplified Bible. Amen. And it so reads, Then Job said to the Lord, I know that you can do all things, and that no thought or purpose of yours can be restrained or thwarted. You said to me, Who is this that darkens and obscures counsel by words without knowledge? Therefore, I now see I have rashly uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. I had virtually said to you what you have said to me. Here I beseech you and I will speak. I will demand of you and you declare to me. I had heard of you only by the hearing of the ear, but now my spiritual eye sees you. Therefore, I loathe my words and abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. This is the end of Job. Normally we start at the beginning of Job. This is, the, this is when Job came to the end of himself prior to him approaching the creator with an attitude. Forgot who was talking to, questioning God. Really, Job's whole issue was pride. Job had a lot of money, cattle, land, children, all of those things. But God knew still that Job was an upright man, and he permitted Satan to test him. He permitted Satan to test him because God had an assignment for Job. God had a plan for Job. He had a future for Job. He had, look, God has a future and plan for you. And you have to allow him 
put you in places and around people that will get you there. We hear a lot about Job, but we don't know what really happened and why Job went through what he went through. He went through what he went through, but let's talk about what he went through. And again, why he went through it. First, because God had a, and had a purpose and plan for his life. He had a ministry for Job. Do y'all know what his ministry was? We, we hear a lot about Job, but what was his ministry? We hear endurance. Somebody give me another one. That's good. He had, because he did endure. He had a ministry of suffering. That was his ministry. Hear me, people of the living God. His ministry that was assigned by God was a suffering ministry. It had to get, see, because it's not about you. It's about God. And when he, he didn't even realize when he went to God that he was operating in pride. This is the same with you. Job didn't know he was operating in pride. See, but the enemy tried him. See, but he, look, he said he, he kept his lip. I got my mouth. He put a guard on it. Why didn't Job really strike? Let's go. Let's quickly ask you why Job was called. He had to get to his purpose, his ministry, which is suffering. And in doing that, everything had to be taken away from him. Look, so that, look, he could really have an encounter with God. See, this is a problem. We haven't had an encounter with God. I'm talking about the encounter. And the encounter is I've come to the end of myself. Jesus. And with everything I've lost, he lost cattle, home, children, he lost everything. Even the wife that said he was a fool, go ahead and curse God and die. But Job did not curse God. The thing about it, Job was at a place to where he knew it was a knowing. He knew God. Yea, though you slay me. See, yet. See, he's going to still praise him yet more and more. Because he knows that God loves him. He said, because I know you love me. You love your children. And you've already provided a way out. Look, he knew, look, he knew God. But God wanted to bring him to a place. To where, look, this thing that you've been dealing with, you can't deal with anymore. That's pride. Because, look, you won't be useful in my ministry. Job actually, look, I don't know if you guys knew this. With everything that he lost, God gave back double, right? Do you know there was one thing he did not give back double? His children. You know why? See, it's in God's infinite wisdom that he does everything. and He's a sovereign God that he does what he does. You have to just know that. Look, don't ask the question, why is this happening to me? Or why did this happen to me? Just say, God, I know you. And I know you always answer <laughs> And I trust you. I trust you, Lord. Don't ask why. 
Because he said, yeah, the children are at rest with me now. The children that die, they're at rest with me now. I'm taking, they're protected, they're with me now. I'm not going to give you double over what you have with the children because I'm not trying to replace them. They're with me now. Hmm. We're talking about Job. Job went to God with attitude. As some of you come to your leaders with an attitude. Oh my God. Job said, I've I've heard, I've heard of you. I've through other people. And through the word, he said, but I now see you. He saw him with his spiritual eyes by experience and his suffering. Meaning now, I know you as God. See, see. So when we said the Lord, I was glad when the Lord said, Come, we could come to the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said, Come ye into the house of the Lord. Now I know you as Lord. See, this is why we don't have joy because we don't know him as Lord. Job had to admit he had imperfect information. My information was imperfect. He says, now the eye of my mind clearly perceive thee, and in seeing thee, I see myself. See, you won't be able to see who you really are until you see Christ. This is why you can't look, oh my God, this is why, oh my Lord Jesus, help us all. Oh, we at the time. (laughs) This is now the eye of my mind clearly perceives thee, And in seeing you, I see myself. For the light that discovers thy glory and excellence discovers my meanness and vileness. This light that has illuminated who you are and all your glory and excellence, it also disclosed all my meanness and the vileness of who I am. I see myself. This is why he said, I abhorred myself. I see the darkness that was in me. I see. He said, I received secondhand knowledge about you. He said, and I came to a false conclusion about you. He said, but now after more revelation, I saw you clearly. A greater spiritual insight, a greater understanding of you, God, that enabled me now to understand myself. I see you and me in reality. I'm not deceived about me, and I'm not deceived about you. See, this, this, Attitude that he had of pride. You know how he corrected that? He expressed remorse over, not over the things that he lost, but he grieved over his sin. And his repentance was so sorrowful in his condition. It wasn't the bulls that was on his skin and what he was going through physically. That affliction, he said, but it was an affliction that was within me, within my soul, that I had came to you falsely coming to a conclusion, which I had imperfect information about. Joe forgot about crying about being vindicated. You know, we want to make, we want, we want to tell our story. 
we won't tell our side of the story, and, and I want to prove myself. I want to look. I want to prove myself. But but this here, and but but what about that? He he stopped crying to vindicate himself. To receive something much better, Pastor. To receive something much better, which was the revelation of the person of God and their renewed fellowship. <laughs> He stopped asking why, since he had come to know God. We don't need to know why if we know God. Oh, I think we are. I haven't come to an end. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm going I'm to leave you guys with... Man is not to, man was not made to question when it comes to God and the man and woman of God. You were not made, which means created, to question, but to adore God. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You were not made to question, why I'm going through this, why this, why? Just know that God is with you. Just know he's with you. Oh, my Lord. Oh, Minister Al, I think I may have. Oh, my Lord. Go ahead, Andrew. At the end, Job said, I know my redeemers live. Job had a vision of the future life he had been obscured from at the first. But he found himself asking, if a man dies, shall he live again? This was his, this was his question. But he came to, once he came to the end of himself, he was able to see himself in God and then to understand himself and perceive and to hold and to know that this suffering is not to destroy me, but it was to drive me to my ministry of suffering. And my ministry of suffering, Joe realized, was not about him, but those that would come after him. That you would be driven to your purpose, your ministry. God has called you, not where you're trying to go or where man is telling you you should be in the body of Christ. But where God himself says, unexpectedly, I will meet you. And when you encounter me, there's going to be a dramatic change and impact that will take you to your next dimension in the world. You will see and perceive and know that I am God and you are my child. I thank you for the engrafted word of God. Father, we thank you. 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 We love you. We lift up your name, El Shaddai. We lift up your name, Jesus, Messiah. We lift up your name. We say thank you for the engrafted word. We give reverence and honor and authority to the spirit and the word of God that's able to give life to the written word, to change our life and take us to the place to where you meet us again. Give us an encounter so that we know and refresh our minds that you're God, that you are God. You are our sustainer of life. Refresh our minds. Give us a new hope. Give us a fresh new joy. Thank you, Lord God, for the many encounters that the people of God will receive 
because of the word they heard today. Because of their obedience to receive, to take hold of, to cherish the bread from, sent from heaven. Oh, we love you. We love you. Pastor. The man of this house. Continue to pray and cover our shepherd. He's a man of God after the heart of God. Pray. 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 Pray, people of God. Pray. Stop, start praying for real. Pray. Pray heaven down. Pray. Bring a revival inside of you. Pray. Pray. Distraction is here. Pray. The adversary is here. Pray. He's roaming around trying to see whom he can devour. Pray. So that you remain to be a part of the remnant. Pray. teacher for that awesome teaching. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord is here. The Spirit of deliverance is here. You got to choose to be delivered. And I'm going to be in agreement with the enemy is in the camp and we should know it. say so much but so much has already been said so I'm going to end it here so Shabbat Shalom love y'all be what you say you are